This is Scaring is Sharing. Yes, this is. It's a Scaring is Sharing. It's a podcast where we share spooky news and our frightful views with each other and you on all things horror. That's it. That's, That's it. Good. That's baby. very good. That's yeah, very and good. I am here with the most amazing co-host I could ever have. The illustrious, the gorgeous Jeremy, the original Sasquatch Slim Rusk. I am here with just such a great ride or die uh, <laughs> podcast co-host. What you know? Who who could ask for better? I feel like you do so much heavy lifting in this whole partnership. So it is the flaming scream queen himself, Brandy Joe Plambeck. Oh my God! So good to be here with you, Jeremy. So good to be here with you. I did want to, you know, before yeah. we get going, I wanted to get serious for a second, please. Uh, and. You know, as we were just talking off air, been going through some uh, some challenges in my personal life. And I've been thinking about Teacher Drew, uh, mm. who wrote into us not that long ago with a very lovely message about how much our show meant to him. And mm-hmm. uh, uh, oh, I'm going to have a hard time getting through this, oh. getting through some hard stuff. So, uh, you know, the feeling's mutual, guys. Doing yeah. this is... Uh, whew. It's good. I need I need to do this. This podcast really helps me too. So Oh my god. Yes, it is. It's so good for my soul as well. And you know what? We are not um my husband's podcast that gets um hundreds of thousands of downloads on episodes. <laughs> like we are not, but as I've said before, yeah, we're not there, but like the musical title of show that I love so much. They have a song and I know I've talked about it before, but it's a long time ago. I'd rather be nine people's favorite thing than a hundred people's ninth favorite thing. So for those of you out there who do listen, it means a lot and we're so glad to have you along. Absolutely. And to know we've touched at least, you know. Some some of those dedicated <laughs> listeners, like it's incredible, and it, you know the feelings mutual because I feel like this this is just an escape for me uh, yeah. to help do this, and it just it it feels good to yeah. come and do something that you enjoy for yeah. us watching and talking about uh, scary movies, horror movies, whatever oh you want to call them. So. Yes, and Jeremy, I mean, of course, I mean everyone goes through some hard shit, and spoiler alert, it will all be okay. That's what mm-hmm. I like to tell myself, although it's yeah, much absolutely. easier for me on the opposite side of this to say that to you. Um, but you know what? Someday I know you're going to pretty much give that right back to me. So mm-hmm. it is so good 100%. to have people there to get you through. So mm-hmm. Absolutely. You're the best, and I love you, and I'm just glad to be here with you. Thank you. I love you, too. So some some analytics because you know I love the, oh, anal, the yeah, analytics. Let's, yeah, let's get to the let's get to the fun stuff. Sorry guys, the no, heavy stuff no. is over. Any, I I love when we can go a little deeper. I th- I think it's fun. Absolutely. Um, I mean, not fun, but it's it's human. That's what we are. We're not just these talking heads like on those VH1 compilation. Yeah, absolutely. Shows. We're real people, okay? Yeah, we're real people, and we want to have real conversation with you guys. So you know, that's that's what we're doing. Um, so I don't, I, I think we have two new states, although one of them I may have just like missed in the last few, few weeks or whatever, but Minnesota and Louisiana, we have some mm. listeners from there. So love that. 
And yeah. you know what, Louisiana, I think I, I just missed it on the list because they've whoever it is um, in Louisiana from New Orleans has um, there's been like a handful of downloads from there. So and then some some other countries, um, some Ireland, some Australia, some UK in this past week. So wow. bring yeah. it on. We're so glad to have you. <laughs> I know we've been popping up all over Europe randomly and like. <laughs> countries i wouldn't even think and then uh yeah australia of all places wow I know, australia Very and cool. you know what speaking of teacher drew we do have a telegram. oh great i know it's like as if you summoned him mm -hmm. and teacher drew writes hey guys enjoyed the last episode event horizon as a crazy nightmare of a movie unfortunately though i was unable to find anyone streaming martin to recuperate from grading papers, I watched Day Shift on Netflix. Most of the cast was great, with a few exceptions, and there were a few truly cool man-on-vampire moments. But overall, it was just a mind-numbing, time-killing movie. Your thoughts? You haven't mentioned your merch in a while. Any must-haves I need to know about? Till next time, stay healthy, stay happy, stay you, Teacher Drew in Phoenix. Thanks, Teacher Drew. Yeah, thanks, Teacher Drew. Um, I was going to say, Martin, I found it on YouTube, of all places. Oh, you did? And was the quality good? Yeah, it was very good. Somebody had a uploaded a, you know, I'm sure it's like dubiously legal, of course, but it's still, it's still up there. It looks like it's been up for a long time, but somebody has posted a, what they call a Blu-ray quality or a Blu-ray rip or something like that of it. So that's how I watched it. So nice. there you go, Teacher Drew. Just jump on YouTube and you can just watch it. It's, it's on there. And it looks good. It's the last place you think to look. And sometimes that's where you find stuff. Yeah, especially obscure stuff like that. That's yeah. kind of like had a weird... Because um, I think part of Martin too is... I might be just, you know, talking out of my ass, but I feel like the production company that originally made it like doesn't exist anymore or something like mm. that. I felt like there's been some rights issues for it okay. um, where sort of like uh, Romero's Dawn of the Dead, like it's been hard to come by in, you know, uh, like. Blu-ray or DVD in North America now because there's some kind of problem with like the European company that controls it versus the U.S. Okay. So that one, you know, that's hard to find uh, in a what do you want to call it an official release format in the U.S. And I think Martin is affected by the same way because for like a minute, I think Romero was cutting deals where he was getting European companies to finance his movies and then you had this weird split of like well there's north american rights and there's european rights and one's trying to supersede the other as to who actually owns the movie so yeah okay now have you seen day shift uh my brother told me about it he liked it a lot and said it was you know dumb fun essentially was his summary of it and i'm like yeah it looked like a crazy action movie but you know yeah with, with vampires right with and vampires it's, it, i mean teacher drew says there's some man on vampire moments. So I don't know what that means, but I like man on man. So <laughs> yeah. maybe man on vampire is also kind of sexy. Yeah, it could be. All I know is this movie, I saw a trailer and it has Snoop Dogg dressed as a cowboy as a character. And I'm like, okay, I'm interested. <laughs> so. And also merch. I mean, we do have merch. You can go to our link tree. It's on our Instagram. It hasn't changed. I mean, I kind of went on. It's using Cafe Press and just sort of yeah. said, like, put our logo on all the things. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. As I mentioned before, you can get panties if you want. I hate that word. But you can get underwear. You can get, like, boxers. You can get yeah. all sorts of weird shit. Magnets. 
that's yeah i think just get whatever you want i will say you know someday our hope is to have like officially licensed merch of course or something we can you know uh really put out there so get this stuff while you can this is like the <laughs> you know this is the uh the early the early merch and one day it'll be rare so and teacher drew thank you i know teacher drew is someone who's gotten some merch our friend brett um Mandy, there, there's some others. I'm not, I, I know. Ethan, Fiend, yes, yep. So we have these like very elite FOPs that have gone out there and got stuff. But if you're tuning in and you want, I mean, it's just, you know, it's a cool, it's a hand with a ghost, a cute ghost. Yeah, and, get it. Yeah, limited time. And, and, and we'll, <laughs> yeah, and we'll see you with it and we'll know you were there from the beginning. <laughs> Years from now, we'll know you were an OG. Yep, yep. When we're like doing shows to sold out arenas, <laughs> we're like the same level of um, my my favorite murder. Although I'm yeah. kind of over them. I, I that was like really one of my all time, like my one of my first podcasts I got into before I found it's only a podcast. Yeah. and like I would listen to them all the time, and then they just got too big for their britches. I I would venture to say, and that's the thing I never. I never want to get there, Jeremy. So yeah, me either. I and I was thinking about the merch thing too because uh, there's a podcast I listen to that I've kind of come and gone from, but I've gotten back into them again, uh, and they're called Bigfoot Collectors Club. <laughs> Big surprise, right? Uh-huh. Uh, but the hosts are uh, two of them are actually actors, um, character actors that you you know if you saw them you'd be like, oh, I've seen them in commercials and on television. Uh, Bryce Johnson is one of the hosts, and he was the uh, he was the lead in uh, Willow Creek, one of the leads oh, okay. in Willow Creek. Uh, but yeah, he's, uh, you know, they're all avid like Bigfooters and into the paranormal. So they have a whole show about it. Uh, but what they do is they l- release merch and they have it out there for a while. Uh, and then they kind of retire those styles. They say they're putting it back in the in the vault and then they put out some new stuff. So I was like, that's a really cool idea. Like, that's a good way of doing it. So, yeah. I like that. I'm going I'm going to I know I have talked about I want to look into a new logo. I have some ideas in my head. It's just sort of formulating what those are cuz you know, you got to go through a rebranding every once in a while. Yeah, absolutely. You know? Yeah, yeah, there's enough changes, enough episodes happen. We'll have yeah. to spruce some stuff up. And teacher Drew, thank you so much for writing in. You are, I mean, as Jeremy said earlier, you mean a lot to us. And um, we've met via the Zoom when you were on our episode. And one day, hopefully, we'll meet in person. And I hope your school year is going great. It's so crazy that you're already grading papers. I know, right? That's back in school. It's back in full swing. I started seeing in my neighborhood out the window, you know, like, why is there a lot of kids walking around now? Oh, school. (laughs) That's what's going on. Yeah, I was like, they all got their backpacks. They're going to school. Okay. So crazy. And if you, dear listener, would like to write in scaringissharing at gmail.com or drop into our Insta DMs, and that's scaring is sharing, all one word. That's the name of this podcast, if you didn't know. Um, <laughs> and as I said last episode, um, Jeremy and I just talk horror stuff for a while, and then we assign each other a movie the other one hasn't seen, typically. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. then in the second half, the back half, if you will, we talk about said movies. So... Jeremy, do you know what I think you could check out if you haven't already that might give you some smiles and some jeers? Is that right? What's a jeer? Well, a jeer is like, mm, you're not oh. happy about it. <laughs> oh, no, yeah. you won't get that. <laughs> okay. Get cheers. Cheers. And cheers. Maybe some giggles. <laughs> Have you watched Little Demon? Mm-mm. Have you heard of it? Is that the one with Adam Scott? 
No, no, that's that movie. I don't know what that is. That's I tried that to other watch one. it no, no, and no. I didn't care for it. Little it's a new demon. show on FX uh-huh. with, uh, um, it's an animated series, Aubrey oh. Plaza, Danny DeVito, and Danny DeVito's daughter. I have not heard of this. And it's so good. It's about this Lu- little girl. Lucy DeVito. Yes, Lucy. Yeah. Yep. And it's about like this little girl who, fi- well, I'm not going to tell you, but it's it's like a horror animated series but it's so fun because it's on fx and it's late so there's like nudity naked characters there's right. foul language I'm it in. is bloody as fuck cool. i think there's been two or three i know for sure two episodes we watched the second one this morning and it is so delightful yeah i've been looking you know the the adult animation but like in a genre i like really connect to it's so you know there's a lot of good stuff but uh you know, like when Rick and Morty came out, that was cool because you're like, oh, it's doing all this science fiction stuff that like science fiction nerds can connect to. So, you know, that's fun for a minute. But I've always been holding out for like, when's somebody going to do like the full blown horror movie thing, but with that kind of format. And all I can think of is I, I'm probably blanking out something big, but like the closest I can come to was when Metalocalypse was on Adult Swim, which was uh, a death metal uh, mm. Like at, about a death metal band, but it was like crazy and very much, you know, uh, death metal goes hand in hand with horror. So, of course, they uh, uh, that fit right in there. But that's like the last major thing I can think of in adult animation that was like, this is tailor made for my interest. So, OK, this sounds uh, this sounds like oh, a yeah. good uh, a good thing to check out for me. Yeah, my husband watches Family Guy all the time. Consistent. Like, I think he's seen every episode multiple, multiple times. He just okay. fucking loves it. And I watch it occasionally, but I don't, I'm not like an avid watcher. I was in for the, like the very beginning. Like Mm -hmm. I I thought that was, you know, the first four to five seasons, you know, back when it began, I was like, oh, this is funny. This has some cool stuff. And it was, as it went on, I just kind of tuned out and I'll watch random episodes that people tell me to check out, but uh, not, not necessarily one of my favorites. Yeah, and Joe, I think, still watches Bob's Burgers. I started it, and it was fine. Um, I just get a little bored, because it's, like, just the same things over and over. And we watch yeah. The Great North, which I also I find very sweet. But I just am, like, we have, like, nine of them on our DVR that are just sitting there. Sure. Like, I'm never like, let's watch The Great North. But, like, this feels like the first animated show in a while that I'm, like... Yes, uh, this yeah. is fun, and I want to keep watching this. Yeah, because of course, you know, like The Simpsons is one of my favorite things, but that's like it's still going. You know, there's thirty something seasons. Um, so crazy. Like the first twelve or whatever it is are where all the classics are, and that's all I I rewatch all of those religiously, and just really don't keep up until there's an episode. You know, like if TV critics are like, you really have to watch this one, then I'll check those out. But. Yeah, it, it's I've been waiting. I've been waiting. It feels like the heyday of uh, in college. I watched Adult Swim mm-hmm. uh, religiously on Cartoon Network. So, you know, I saw those, uh, you know, absurdist things like Aqua Teen Hunger Force and uh, Space Goes Coast to Coast and watched all that stuff. And then the anime they put on there. But, you know, it feels like it's been a long time since uh, there's been some really great or at least something that's you know gotten my interest yeah. and held, held it. It's been a long time, so in adult animation. I also heard that Terrifier Two is a hundred and forty minutes. Yeah, I I saw a blurb. <laughs> oh that, my god! Yeah, I saw a blurb that the director said it's the War and Peace of killer clown movies. <laughs> Who needs that? And I, mean, I was I'm like, excited for it, but Jesus. Yeah, and I was like, what? It's like a two and a half hour movie. He's going all Michael Bay on us here. Like, what is this? That is so bizarre. Yeah. I 
yeah. I, I, I mean, I will definitely have to see it to um, weigh in on whether that is a smart choice or not. <laughs> so yeah, we'll I guess see. we'll find out. Uh, reviews have been positive, though. Okay. Because a lot of, uh, I guess it already premiered at, what was it, like Beyond Fest or something like that? One of the one of the big uh, genre film festivals. So positive okay. reviews, though. Positive reviews. And Joe told me that the dad from Orphan that I have a big old crush on, Rosif mm-hmm. Sutherland, is Donald Sutherland's son. Oh, is it? Yeah, I had no oh. idea. Wow, okay. I, I know. I, I mean, I know other than, um, uh, now I can't even think of his name, uh, 24, <laughs> his other son. Oh, Kiefer. Kiefer, thank you. Kiefer, yeah. the, the other more famous son. Oh my God. Uh, arguably. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I knew I knew he had several children. I didn't know any other of them. Any of the rest of them were actors. So. Well, I'll take Rosif any day. Oh, my yeah. God. He's yeah. such a stud. Kiefer's very troubled, I understand. So, yeah, I didn't like him when I met him when I was a child. Oh, he you was met filming. Him. Yeah, I did. Oh, he, wow. They were filming. Have you seen The Vanishing, the uh, U.S. remake? I've never seen it. I know of it, though. Have you seen the O.G.? Uh, no, I've never, oh my God, I, I, it is so good. I've heard it's like one of the great, uh, it's yeah. one of those, like, what do they call them? You know, great, greatest movie you've never seen. Like one yeah, of those so where good. like, it's very good, but it, it just has such little exposure and not enough play from people. So the remakes horrible mm-hmm. and Sandra Bullock was in it before anyone knew who she was. So she was there when I met him and I didn't even look at her. You didn't even know no who she was. Else. Yeah, exactly. Um, but there's this very famous tunnel scene in uh-huh. both of the vanishings, but they, there's this tunnel outside of my hometown in Cody, Wyoming. That is like, a mile long or something like it's maybe even longer it's long like you hold your breath through it like uh-huh. you try to most people can't i have been able to the last couple times we've gone out but it like you hold your breath so long that like you like are like turning blue in the face wow so there's like three tunnels and like two of them are short and then there's a really long one mm-hmm. and so they they somehow someone scouted and found this tunnel and they came to film that one scene in like my hometown and we went out to like meet him and of course, i mean i was just like this weird chubby little i i don't know when that was like that maybe the early 90s so i was probably like 11 12 and we went out to meet him and he was sitting there smoking a cigarette of course like you know when i was a child and i was like oh my god like, so gross cigarette smokers um and like i went up and i like i'm like i just like i'm so embarrassed even thinking about it I went up <laughs> and like asked him like what advice he had for like getting into acting or something and i don't even remember what he said okay uh-huh. i just remember he seemed sort of like put out by it because i'm sure all these like little wyoming people were coming out and like oogling and ogling over him those aren't words but um <laughs> <laughs> and I just remember he was just sort of like, ugh. Yeah, yeah. I've read, I've read stuff that he's like a pretty, you know, gruff and rough person to try and approach, like in public, from you know, things I've read online and people's stories. So who knows? Maybe that's just people that are bitter, like you yeah. know, or maybe if he's well within his rights to be like, leave me alone. <laughs> you know, I'm just <laughs> trying to live my life. So who knows? Yeah. And he might've been totally fine. It's just that memory in my head, just like, have you, you probably haven't heard about this. Cause I'm sure these people are not on your radar, but Jojo Siwa, you know who she is. Do you No, No, she I was do like, not. she was from dance mom and she became really popular. She had these like big bows in her hair and she's like this little blonde girl and uh-huh. she would do like sold out giant 
arenas to like girls. She was like a singer and stuff. Wow. And then she recently came out in the last couple of years. And then she was a host this year on So You Think You Can Dance. And she's just, she's fucking awesome. She's so great. Like she's like, because all these little girls just like fucking look up to her. And then she came out, which is just so awesome because she's young and, you know, she's just like this wonderful role model. But she she had this, like someone asked her who like the rudest celebrity was that she ever met. And she said, Candace Cameron Burr. Um, and, and then like Candace Cameron was like, what do I do? And I guess she came up to Candace Cameron at like some premiere and was like, can I have a picture with you? And Candace Cameron was like, no, not now. And that's all that happened. But like in JoJo Siwa's mind, it was like this big snub. And like, yeah. so here I am. Like Kiefer Sutherland was such a jerk. And he probably was like, uh, you know, stay dedicated, learn your craft. Like that's probably what he said. And I was just like, he smoked, so he was rude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So oh, man. you remember things, you know? You know? Yeah, they yeah, you know, they say our memories are never even actually accurate anyway. It's all, <laughs> you know, whatever you how you perceive it is what your memory is, not yeah, necessarily actually happened. So like like the the spectator or like the people who like see crimes and how you can't necessarily rely on what they say they saw because like you're saying, like it's yeah what you think in your mind, which yep. is so many times not accurate. Yep. Cause in any major event, they interview spectators of it and everyone spectators. tells like a, yeah, a wildly different story. So pretty it's much so like, weird. Le- I don't know. It, Cause it seems like they still rely on it in like court and stuff when you're reading about cases, but most experts are like eyewitness testimony is like the least important piece of evidence for anything because people put their own personal you know, perception onto everything. So you can never truly rely on the narrative you get from eyewitnesses. And I think sometimes it's like the people trying to be like, I want to be the person that matters the most. Like I want my, yes. like, yeah. sorry, like, so they elaborate and like say like, oh yeah, no, he came out and he, he punched someone in the face and like really the person just came out and got in a car or whatever. But yeah. then I think sometimes people truly believe what they're saying. Yeah. Or, or the, they don't realize they're putting, they're like, he looked real angry, you know, stuff they couldn't possibly know. Totally. Uh, just watching, but they, you elaborate and build a story and you want your, your story to be important. So, yeah. Okay. But speaking of rude. So in the past, I talked about this YouTube channel, CZ's world mm-hmm. where they, he does like 50 things you missed in scream or 50 oh, yeah, things yeah, you yeah. missed. In, and I talked about him. And I was like, he's awkward. And then I came back after watching someone. I'm like, just kidding. He's not awkward. He's just, you know, he's very like dry or whatever, yeah. but I've gotten like really into his channel. So I've been watching a lot of his things you missed in videos because there's so many things that I'm like, oh my God, some are like, yeah, duh. And then some are like, oh my God, I never would have realized that. But I am watching one from 2022, Mm. and it is Things You Missed in Scream, the OG. And I'm going to say a substitute for this word, but you know, like the dreaded R word that you just don't say anymore, that people said rampantly in the 80s and maybe even the 90s. In the 90s, yeah. Right. Into the early 2000s, I would argue. But like now it's like, that is not okay. Yeah. Right? That is not okay. So this video is made this year, 2022, the year of our Lord. And he is talking about, I don't know, some scene in the movie. And he, it doesn't matter what he's talking about, but all of a sudden he just says very casually, if it were today, like there would just be, you know, a whole group of rejects out there just like standing around and yelling for this and that. And I'm like, wait, what did you say? Cause he did not say rejects. Okay. Uh Yeah. He said the other word. And I was like, I could not have heard that correctly. So like, I I go back, put on the captions and sure as shit, that's exactly what he said. So you know what I did? I smashed that unsubscribe button. (laughs) Oh, wow. Like, like, you cannot, you cannot. (laughs) Yeah. At this point, that's just, we know, you know, it's not acceptable. It's just uh, language. Yeah. It's just, it's cruel and hurtful. Yeah. 
and just yeah. so rude. So that is rude. Wow. That is a hundred percent on film. I saw it in the, the closed captioning. That is what he said. And I'm not, and I like scrolled through the comments. Cause everyone's like, Oh, I, I missed that in scream. I can't believe you noticed that like all this stuff. And that I finally get to like someone who's like at 1253, you cannot say that dude. And then like, people are going back and forth and someone's like, Oh, well, he just means, you know, dumb people. And it's like, uh, <laughs> I know what he meant. It's still not acceptable. You yeah. know, like, yeah, it's just use a different word. Say, you know, something else, say dumb people, you know, some other, uh, descriptor there. Yeah. But not cool. So yeah, I'm over CZ's world. Mm. What do you got for me, Jeremy? I'm full of stuff. So yeah, you're full. Uh, I got, I got news and I'm sure you Give heard it, it in the whole freaking world is losing their mind over it. Uh, oh my and that's God, the- what? That's these cryptic messages about a new Friday the 13th oh. movie announcement coming very soon. Even the frickin' lawyer that oh. like worked on it just had a tweet I saw somebody sharing where he said he's like, now I don't have any like actual, you know, connection to this or anything, but he's like, but it, I, I can say it does seem like an announcement is coming soon. Uh, so yeah, they, they must have figured out the rights problems and something, something it's happening. There's a movie like for sure happening and, uh, just, just announce it already. And it's now uh, sitting with a new line, right? I believe that's who has, I think that's control. what I read. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think it's with new line still. Cause that's where all the producers are working these days. Um, I bet you paramount will still be cut into that. Cause I, if I remember, uh, the last, uh, the tw- 2009 Friday, the 13th Paramount was like a co-producer in it. So yeah, they're, they've got something coming, I think. And it is the 13th film. Yeah. It'll be part 13, if you will. And I feel like they have to say that you have to have emphasize the 13, cause that's a big deal. Like Halloween beat them to 13 installments and they're just sitting there like, come on guys. I mean, since they're going back to the originals and all these things, it's like, you just feel like that's what they're, they're going to do, especially after the 2009 one. I mean, I know some people think it's fine, but like, it mm-hmm. was not great. It was not like no. a critical success in any, not that any of them really have been, but yeah, but you not, know what I mean? Like, I, I feel like not that they're going to go back to the original, like, like, oh, let's remake the first one because people need Jason. Yep. But yeah, I'm just so curious. I read a uh, op-ed online from one of the horror blogs that said uh, what they thought would be a good idea would be to do a period piece back to the 80s. Mm. Uh, And I can't remember if they mentioned the movie The Final Girls by name in it, but they were kind of like alluding to something like that, where they're like, you should they should do a period piece set in the 80s poke fun like satirically at the series at the height of its popularity, like make fun of the tropes that they helped invent and all that, like something more, more um, blatantly funny, you know, it's gotta be fresh. Yeah. Yeah. It's just gotta be almost like a parody of itself or like a a satirical take on the series itself would be fun. And I'm like, that, that's a good idea. That's a good idea. Uh, Or there was in the, um, development hell the podcast right uh, their camp is canceled series they just did over the summer which was all the uh, a bunch of friday the 13th sequels that didn't happen uh i feel like they need to mine some of those scripts and i mean some of them have been released in full on the internet now so you know a production company is not going to pick up a script that everybody's already read that's out there but i feel like they should grab elements from some of the ones they didn't do uh and write a new story based on that and like the one that was really good was the one that was um 
I think it was the one that David Bruckner was supposed to direct, uh, where okay. it was going to be, you know, of the night house and the soon to be released Hellraiser reboot. Uh, but it was supposed to be a period piece set in the eighties. Uh, and yeah, Jason, uh, at the end, they gave him a full blown, as they said, they were like, I think this is what Halloween kills was going for at the end uh, with Michael's, you know, confrontation with that mob Mm -hmm. where uh, they had a similar moment in that script at the end where Jason is full on Jason and just like massacres like the whole town. Uh, And you're like, yeah, something like that. And you have to go like real big uh, and some, get some fresh new takes in there. Interesting. Yeah. I feel like that the remake, the issue with it is they just try to shove all these things in one. Mm-hmm. And I just don't want that. It just needs to have like a, a nice solid focus as yeah, a solid. To- and I think yeah. these legacy movies like this too, uh, of these long running franchises, like the best thing you can do is to take it back to basics of what worked originally uh, and try and build a new story off of that. So and it's interesting because with the upcoming Exorcist, they're using Ellen Burstyn, who, you know, is mm-hmm. an Oscar winner, I believe. She won for maybe Alice Doesn't Live Here Anymore and been nominated, yeah. like, multiple times. She's yeah, multiple so fucking times. Good. Yeah. Like, she is a powerhouse actress. And then, you know, Halloween, Jamie Lee Curtis is a superstar and, like, has done so many things since the original. But with Friday the 13th, it's weird because, like, Adrian King and Amy Steele are not, like, household names. No. Not that, like, I mean, the fans, of course, would come out if you were to bring one of them back but i don't think it's like going to be this huge box office draw it's just going to be like with the genre people that are like oh my god you would bring back one of the originals yeah what they the only one i can think of that they could do would be kevin bacon get kevin bacon back for some some kind of cameo and it seems like he'd be open to it now because he's totally like re-embraced his uh, yeah horror B movie roots. So again, and like so. we've talked about Corey Feldman, I think has expressed interest. I feel like he is yeah. not a superstar, but I think he's the biggest of the names that's yep. like was in the franchise and is still like, a you know, was a living character who never like died in the series. Yeah. So they, yeah, they could bring him back as Tommy uh, possibly. Uh, yeah. And just, I'm trying to think of big names that have ever popped up or names that went on to become big. Uh, Crispin Glover. He's one of the few that, yeah. With the dance. Yeah, but he's become, you know, such a uh, cult actor, I would say. Like, he's kind of retreated back into character actor territory and isn't exactly a a big name anymore unless you, you know, were aware of him in the 80s and 90s. So, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Well, I cannot wait to see what happens with it. And I mean, we're very hungry for it. Yes, we are. And I will say, please... Bring back Derek Mears, though, as Jason from so good. Uh, the 2009, because he did such a great job. I think he deserves another movie. Uh, so, yeah, bring back Derek Mears. And like you said, he just seems so nice. Yeah, and he's such a cool dude from yeah. everything I've read. So, like, yeah, give him another shot. He deserves another one. Yeah, and you were talking about David Bruckner. And have you seen that there's, like, I think two images out for Hellraiser? Yeah. Ooh. Oh, my God. Pinhead looks so cool. Looking creepy. <laughs> I like it. And then that one Cenobite, you saw that one as well. Yeah, the new yeah. Cenobite, which, what uh-huh. are they calling it? They're referring to it as the mask or something oh, like that. okay. Yeah, and mask is written all, you know, fancy, M-A-S-Q-U-E in yeah. the, like, French, European style, if you will. Now, what so. is that Edgar Allan Poe, The Mask of the Red Death? 
Yeah, yeah. What is Mask- that story all about? The Mask of the Red Death. That's, um, oh, man. Uh, and this will be coming from, I've seen the Vincent Price movie okay. <laughs> that they made of it. Uh, so most of my knowledge is of it is from that. Uh, and it's like, it's in medieval times while the plague is happening. Um, I believe, from what I understand, red was a signifier of death uh, back in, you know, back in the classical period of literature and things in, in the Middle Ages. But it's so while the plague is going on, there's this wicked nobleman, uh, some kind of intrigue with, uh, I feel like he's got a, uh, some uh, maiden he's stolen away and the family wants revenge on him. But he's just this awful dude and eventually death itself catches up to him. Uh, and yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's, it, it's a morality tale. Gross. Yeah. <laughs> I remember from the 90s, and I'm pulling it up right now, I remember this video cover for the Mask of the Red Death. Can you see that? Do you remember this video cover? Oh, I do. Yeah. With like this sort of hooded figure with this yeah. like dagger going through this mask. And I was always intrigued by it, but I never rented it. Was that was that the Vincent Price one or is that another oh, you version? Know what? I don't know. It says 1989. So I think it was a different version. Yeah. I wonder if it was full moon pictures because they uh, in the 60s. Uh, is when Vincent Price, he got uh, hooked up with Roger Corman, the producer, and they did a bunch of Edgar Allan Poe adaptations. Uh, and then a lot of those got remade in like the 80s by, you know, the the Puppet Master movie production company, Full Moon. So they did like modern, gorier versions of a bunch of those. So, Yeah, it says New Horizon on the VHS, but okay. I don't know what the fuck that's all about. Yeah, I wonder if uh, I'd have to look it up and see if, uh, what's his name? Charles Band was the producer. I wonder if he was attached to that. So, and you're right. It's oh yeah, Roger Corman presents. That's oh. what you just said, right? Yeah. Okay. Maybe yeah. Corman made one of his own. <laughs> yeah. Remix. Directed by Larry Brand. Okay. But produced by Corman. Yeah. Okay. It well, looks, yeah. yeah. It looks boring. Yeah. I gotta say, Corman. Corman. Corman was not above uh, remaking his own stuff. So it'd be like, didn't you already direct that movie? And it's like, yep. And then I made a remake in the '80s, and he just, you know, he just keeps pumping stuff out. So make and new he's still things. Around. He's still around. He's still making movies. Wow. Still Roger kicking. Corman. Yeah. He's in his nineties now, I think. So, wow. yeah. Well, what other news do you got for me? Uh, that's about it that I was able to catch was of course, people losing their shit over Friday the 13th coming out. Totally. Um, and terrifier. Like you said, I had heard that too, where they were like, Oh, it's like two and a half hours long. And I was like, Oh my God. <laughs> Just so bizarre. Yeah. And the first one's like 80 minutes long. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we'll see how that works. What have you watched this week? Oh, not really much at all. For people that are into the sort of thing, my brother got me to watch Return of the Street Fighter. Oh, wow. Uh, which is a sequel to The Street Fighter, which is, you know, a, uh, a, a Japanese martial arts action flick with uh, Sonny Chiba. He was like the preeminent star from Japan for uh, that type of thing for a while, but uh, they're gory. They're ridiculous. I feel like uh, a lot of these martial arts movies from a certain era probably have some crossover with our listeners for their uh, uh, just their viciousness and the level of violence they used to put in them. So yeah, it was a fun watch. Like when is, did you say it's from? Uh, Let me look at the year. I want to say it was the early eighties, but I might be, Oh, I'm way wrong. 1974. So oh, early, okay. early seventies. So yeah, they, that's when they were getting into the whole, the idea of the grindhouse uh, was blowing up. So like 
markets all over the world, you know, were making these gorier, more violent, you know, there was just a whole uh, new world opened up uh, where they're like, oh, we can put this in movies and no one's going to stop us. So, Like, give me an example. Like, do they rip someone's spinal cord out? It, close to, like, he's ripping people's throats out. Uh, in this one, there's a scene, a really cool gag where he punches a guy in the back of a head. And then it cuts to the, the guy's face and his eyes have popped out of his face. So <laughs> stuff like that where you're like, okay, yeah, I can see how these martial arts movies were definitely, I, I'm sure some of the horror special effects guys were watching this stuff and like, okay, we got to put this in a slasher movie now. So Okay. I know I talked about it before, but last night I tried to rewatch Strange Invaders, which is that movie from the 80s that I had very vivid memories of certain scenes. Yeah. And those scenes were like right in like the first like two minutes. Like, because I, I remember like a bathtub with like this mechanical frog like swimming around in it like so yep. strongly. And I tried to watch it and oh, dear Jesus God, it was so bad. Um, but like a cast of all these people, you would just be like, oh my God, like, yes, the those are the people you want to see. It's from 1983. Nancy Allen, who I didn't even get to, like 25 minutes in. I think she was like first build. I didn't even get to her. Oh, wow. Di Diana Scarwood from Mommy Dearest, who was just horrible. Michael mm -hmm. Lerner and Louise Fletcher. Like, I mean, these people. Yeah. And Wallace Shawn, which is, you know, the the, yeah. the the teacher from Clueless. I'm sure other things, too. The Princess yeah. Bride, right? Yeah, Princess Bride. Carol Kane's husband. Like, like a, a, a tremendous stage actor. Like he's very he's famous so good. on stage. Yeah. Oh yeah. And young Sheldon. He's that's what he's on like currently. Um, so yeah, I mean, all these people that you're just like, oh, this should be good. And nope. It is rough, rough yeah. waters. I have that movie on a DVD. I've never actually watched much. I've never watched the whole thing. I've tried it a couple of times. Uh, and it it's like kind of boring. Uh, mm -hmm. cause I, I have it, 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 it's on a double, it's on a double feature like disc with, uh, Toby Hooper's invaders from Mars, which is the reason I bought that disc. Cause that was that the tracks, only way yeah. at the time to get a hold of that. Uh, which is also, a, I would say that that movie is a so bad. It's good movie. Like it's ridiculous. And then I tried to watch strange invaders and I'm like, this is not keeping my attention. Uh, and I did watch, I, it's funny you bring it up. Cause I did watch like a making of, uh, about it from some YouTube channel. Okay. Uh, where, yeah, it, Strange Invaders was like, it had like a weird production cycle where it was supposed to be like a bigger movie and that's how they were able to get some names attached to it, but its budget kept getting slashed or something like that and it took forever to finish, so. Oh, wow. And it just kind of disappeared into obscurity on home video, so. The other thing I watched yesterday was Watch Mojo had the 20 greatest horror movies ever made. I'm not going to like go through it, but like, one of the things that I found very disturbing in it is number 20 was Suspiria. Of course, that should be in the top 20. Number 19, Nightmare on Elm Street. Love it. Great. But number 18 is Saw. Saw Whoa. above Nightmare on Elm Street. Wow. And I mean, they, they put some of these on there to be like, this movie spawned a whole generation of movies, which I get with Saw. It sort of started the torture porn. So, like, I get mm -hmm. if you want to put it in there, but not above Nightmare on Elm Street or Suspiria, okay? Yeah, seriously. Like, And then Blair Witch is not in there anywhere to be found, which should be for the fact that it spawned found footage. Yeah. It, like, I mean, I didn't create it, but it, it yeah. propelled it. it. Propelled it, yeah. It, I mean, it created a whole new, like, era mm -hmm. in horror film. Like, its impact on the early 2000s 
Uh, and then that lasted for a long time. They're still doing found footage movies that are directly <laughs> ripoffs of Blair Witch. So, you know, it, it hasn't gone away. Yeah. So check out that list if you want. There are so many good movies and so many that you're like, yes, yes, yes. You know, the mm -hmm. top 10 is all very good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that, that was the one that I was like, no. Yeah. No, and no, no, that, no. that just made me think too, that I saw uh, that ad uh, where Shudder has a new countdown uh you know uh, a list series coming out soon mm. it's the 101 scariest movie moments or something like that where i'm like <gasps> no. are you are you guys uh you're you're aping what bravo did all those years ago <laughs> like it literally is like the exact same title oh my god i love that though as and it's like yeah because that you know you go online and you look up that original bravo series and it oh, still yeah. looms large in the minds of yeah. modern horror fans as this amazing clip show that they put together so i saw that yesterday when i was looking for stuff on youtube and it, it's like three hours long in entirety mm -hmm. and it's all there it's as one thing on youtube you can watch it so oh cool yeah, yeah. but shutter's doing a new one so it looks oh, like they've got yeah they've got some new uh the the, the ad i saw it looks like they're leaning into the classics because i saw in the trailer they got the exorcist they're talking about and some of that stuff uh and then some newer flicks like uh, okay the uh uh the first uh the first half of the it remake uh and stuff like that and i'm like okay cool they're getting into some of the modern things too sweet yeah so well anything else jeremy that's all i got right now all right, well, let's get into our shares, and I go first this week. Yeah, you go first this week. And I did watch one other thing this week, and I'm giving it to you. And I'm going to rewatch it because I can't wait to rewatch okay, it. Okay, cool. And speaking of Shudder, it's on there. Okay. So I am giving you Watcher. Watcher. Watcher, Watcher, Watcher. That name sounds familiar. Oh, God. And I feel like I just saw like a thing for it. Uh, yeah. Like I saw the name. I saw an ad for it. I have no friggin clue what this is about. <laughs> Obviously, somebody watches something. Um, <laughs> maybe it's a rear window situation where somebody happens to see some horrible event happen. Uh, murder or death. Uh, and uh, hilarity ensues. <laughs> as it always does. As it does. As it does. So. Cool. All right. Well, I'm excited for you to check out. I'm going to try to get my husband to watch it because I think he'd really dig it too. Cool. You know what I'm going to do? Um, I know like people on the internet are losing their minds as, you know, apparently September is officially the start of spooky season for many yeah. people where I'm like, okay, I got to get into the swing of starting to binge everything as we get closer to Halloween. Um, and this came up last week. Uh, as we discussed John Carpenter's favorite movies. Uh, mm. And I think I'm just going to pull the trigger and I'm giving you the original The Thing from Another World. Oh, cool. Yeah, so I, we've discussed it many times over the yeah. course of these episodes. So I'm finally going to assign it to you. Well, I'm so excited. I mean, I imagine the story has to be similar to The Thing, but obviously it's not going to be as grotesque and as, like, insane. Mm -hmm. So I think it's just going to be a, a watered-down version of that. But I feel like there's it's not going to be all men. I feel like there's going to be some women in there, but I could be wrong. And, um, yeah, I just think it's going to be, like, a, a toned-down version of that. And I think we're going to actually see some form, of, like a UFO. I feel like there's going to be something like that in there. I feel like... It's it's not going to be as like, um, oh, it's just something that somehow passes from one thing to another. I feel like I, I think that's going to be a part of it. But I think we're going to see like a UFO, maybe mm -hmm. some aliens. I think mm -hmm. we're going to see some aliens. So 
cool cool and you will you know be sure to pay attention to uh all the things john carpenter has stolen (laughs) yes from it there's definitely some stylistic things that he's taken over the years from that very movie so cool well i'm excited to check it out yeah cool well let's do it don't you blame the movies movies don't create psychos movies make psychos more creative This is the part where we talk about movies. Yeah, it is. More movies. More movies. The specific movies that you see that this episode is titled, probably partially why you clicked on it to begin with, maybe. Yeah. Who knows? All right. So my assignment to you is first, and that is Watcher from 2022, directed by Chloe Okuno. And the tagline on... Letterboxd is evil wants to be seen. And the description is, as a serial killer stalks the city, Julia, a young actress who just moved to town with her husband, notices a mysterious stranger watching her from across the street. Okay, so I was going to lead in with a joke the other night. My brother and I watched this movie called Watchers 2. And I was going to be like, I watched that instead. So I'm going to talk <laughs> is it about the, that like movie. a sequel to the Corey Haim movie. It is a sequel to the Corey Haim movie. Uh, I, I've never actually seen the Corey Haim Dean movie. Which is Dean Koontz, right? Which is Dean Koontz, Watchers, and apparently Watchers 2. Because my brother like remembers these movies being on TV all the time when we were kids, but I like don't remember them at all. But Watchers 2 is not really a sequel. It's just another remake of Dean Koontz's original novel. Weird. This one is apparently truer to the book than the first movie was, but it's Roger Corman produced. It's got a big silly rubber monster in it. Uh, it's so bad it's good, but I digress. Uh, I was just going to say, I watched that instead, and we're going to talk about that, but no. I watched the correct movie, um, and uh, I have to say, I was pleasantly surprised by this thing. Like, you didn't know anything about it, so what do you mean pleasantly surprised? <laughs> well, I mean, all, the, all together. Do you think like, give you something crappy? No, I mean, <laughs> I'm on trial here. Oh, no. Um <laughs> In in that, uh, like, I didn't know what to expect, but I, sure. I, I enjoyed the ride. Like, uh, I, I kept thinking this was going to be something else. Like, knowing absolutely nothing about it, there was little things and bits and pieces that would happen where I kept thinking the movie was going to zig or zag in a different direction. Uh, and it never really did, uh, but I was still satisfied. Yeah, I fucking love it. I love Micah Monroe so much. I yeah. just love her. I love how much genre stuff she does. The only thing I've watched of hers I didn't like, but she was good, was that Quibi show, The Stranger, which oh, is okay. just so crappy. But I think she's just so good in this. But I, I'd watched it the night before our we recorded, and then I gave it to you, and then I watched it the next that night with Joe. So like I watched it twice in 24 hours. Holy crap. And Joe was like, meh. <laughs> I was like, oh my oh, God. Which come is just, on. And I just knew it. I could feel it the whole time we were watching. Like we've talked about when you are watching something with someone and you just know they're not like loving it like you did. Yes. <sighs> and it's a female director. I love that. She directed a segment of VHS 94. I don't re- know which one, but mm-hmm. I didn't love that as much as everyone sort of said that they thought it was great. And I have to say, I do love Burn Gorman, uh, who played the 
the titular watcher. Yeah. Um, so creepy. He's a, he's such a great character actor too. Cause he's in a bunch of normally supporting role, but I feel like he's the kind of guy that somebody give him, give him a fucking lead already. Cause he is, <laughs> he's good. He's a really good actor. So uh, yeah, make him a lead in something. Yeah. Cause it doesn't feel just like this rear window ripoff. It's, you know, my fun game. I find it's like, as if rear window it follows and lost in translation had a baby. That's what it feels like to me. <laughs> yes, it does. Yeah, that's that's perfect. Like I love that anytime that there is, you know, something not spoken in English, we don't know what it is, so that we really are in that same headspace as she is. And I think it, like mm -hmm. you said, it sort of defies expectation. Like you're pretty sure you know where it's going and then you don't. And there are definitely like, I was like, oh, I have this figured out. I know exactly what's happening. And then it wasn't that. And exactly. I just think that there's some amazingly, like I just, like I said, I watched it two times in 24 hours. And the second time I was just as into it. And it really just speeds by for me. Like I mm -hmm. find it, the time just flies. I'm like 90 minutes. What? Like it, it just like, I'm always intrigued. I'm always interested. I'm always invested. I'm all the eyes that you yeah. could be. All the good eyes. Yeah. And I will say with your little game too, like when I finally finish writing a script, I'm going to have you read it. And then you tell me the movies you think <laughs> uh, it's similar to. And then that way I'll have my pitch ready. Cause that's what they like, you know, in uh, uh, those Hollywood producer types, they like to hear like, tell me what movies this already exist that this is similar to. So I know how to like, uh, you know, put this thing together. I have one, like so tiny, such a tiny, like, nitpicky thing in the very beginning when they're in the cab her hair is kind of crimped and then they get to the apartment and it's just not it's just like straight and i'm like are these different days and i like the second time upon watching it i'm like looking i'm like okay her hair looks like crimped or like curly and then it's just not and i have some issues with that where's that continuity <laughs> no person the second movie where micah monroe walks out of a movie theater showing charade is it because that happens and it follows too at the Redford Theater. Oh, and it was charade. Yeah, charade. Okay, isn't that so funny? Like how That's, random. Well, I do know. I looked up uh, that charade is in the public domain, so that could partially ah. explain it. So you don't got to pay any money to use it. Pay anybody to use it in your movie. So that kind of makes sense. Yeah, I want to see it. I've seen parts of it. Never okay. seen the whole thing. I didn't know it was like since and it follows they leave i think before it even begins mm -hmm. and here i was like oh i always thought it was like a comedy like a romantic comedy it's when you look it up they bill it as like a romantic comedy mystery but i'm like the comedy is very dark from what i remember because it's more like a uh borderline noir film so okay I also find this like such a fun companion piece to it follows because there are like i don't think that they're like you know very similar to each other at all but there are definitely like that whole thing of being followed and following thematic and elements thematically are... i just think it's yeah. fun and with her being in both of them it just makes it fun i like that and there's something kind of spoilery i want to get into because i think it's really like coincidental okay well we're gonna try something new we're trying okay. something new and i am going to put in the notes below the podcast notes where to go if you want to skip ahead to the next movie so if you'd like to go to the next movie <laughs> look in the notes it will tell you what time in the podcast to go to 
Okay, because I want to. It's hard not to talk about spoilers, but I highly recommend this movie. Shutter, go watch it, and I want to know what you think of it. I know lots of people have already reached out to me. Nico, um, oh wow, I l- listened to it. it's only a podcast yet, but I know they cover it. And I think they like it. I, I can't remember if Teacher Drew mentioned it or not, but I've had a, so many people mention it to me. I'm like, fine, I'll watch it. Okay, and you, yeah, here we Let's, go. So here we go. Spoilers. Okay, so the other night, uh, Sarah and I rewatched. I don't know if you ever saw it on Netflix. It's Frankenstein's Monsters, Monster Frankenstein. No, uh, which was a I don't even know how to describe it. It's like a weird meta comedy. It's only a half hour long. It's the special that A twenty four produced for Netflix. Oh, uh, and, it, and it stars David Harbor from um, Stranger Things doing a fictional version of himself. Uh, like covering the story of his his father, uh, David Harbour Sr., who was a, uh, uh, or I'm sorry, David Harbour Jr., because he's the third. All of this is all made up. It's all bullshit. This, that's not real. But his dad was some actor who's like a spoof of Orson Welles that tried to do a production of Frankenstein as a stage play. Uh, but it's very... Because I've, I've seen many reviews where people are like, I didn't like this at all. This was stupid. But it's very like insidery humor of theater and film. So if you are a theater and or film nerd, you'll get a lot out of it. But they go to great lengths to make jokes about Chekhov's gun. There's all these blatant <laughs> jokes about the concept of Chekhov's gun. And this movie literally has a Chekhov's gun in it. I wrote that, that note. Exactly. <laughs> that I was just like so funny that I just watched a thing that spends like like a, there's a good solid i don't know like 10 minutes of movie talking about Chekhov's gun in that half hour special and then this has it like i watched this like a couple days later and i don't know and did I you expect was- it though like i mean did you think she was dead yeah yeah of course i did i didn't expect and i was like oh no Chekhov's gun is immediately when i screamed out loud oh my god to nobody. I, I, I just thought <laughs> of, a, of a fourth parent in in my merge of what whose baby this is and that's promising mm-hmm. young woman oh you, yes you saw that right yes yes absolutely but a happier version which this is definitely a spoilery thing so i'm glad i didn't mention it but like because promising young woman has such a bleak ending and yeah. this i mean it's not like it's a happy ending but at least it's like she's alive she killed him yeah and and she looks at her husband like Told you, you so. <laughs> what an asshole! What a like dick. the husband. Yeah. Also, I thought this was going to be a vampire movie. I want to say with that. a little vampire. Yeah, because they're. It's like, oh, they're in Romania. Uh, she shows the like. She buys the little Dracula figurine, and I was like, is the twist going to be like a vampire? Are we going to see some supernatural element in here? Yeah. Uh, and and I kind of enjoyed that it didn't do that. Like I kept thinking that was going to happen, and when it didn't, I'm like, no, that was just flavoring. Uh, you know, mood set dressing if you will to the whole thing that i i think added so just a little bit of creepiness uh overall yeah and i think that there's something to it like a i think that sort of red herring like is he a vampire he does he is you know he kind of creeps around in the dark and the day but like in the dark as well so there's just that nature and then there's all of these shots with like mirrors and things and mm-hmm. yeah i kept like wondering are we going to see a mirror and like no, someone's reflection isn't in there Yep. And I 100% as this movie is starting and going, I'm like, the husband is the serial killer. I like knew it. I was oh, so yeah. sure that he was the killer because he worked late nights and he, she was shows, so sure it was the guy across the street. And I was like, nope, it's going to be the husband. 100%. He went over to like get the job and he was killing people then. That's how it happened earlier. I was just convinced. 
Oh, okay. Yeah, no. See, I thought he was just a dick. Um, <laughs> but I thought when they did that, whatever that reveal was of the, you know, I guess he was framed or the wrong guy or whatever. Mm-hmm. When they're like, we did catch the serial killer. Um, I, I totally thought, oh, that's going to be a quirk of the movie. Is that like, nope, she was totally wrong. And this guy, I didn't think he was necessarily going to be innocent, but I thought he was just going to be a different type of creep where like in the story, was going to take another twist in a different direction, but um, no. And I love in her friend, Irina, the neighbor, when you, I mean, you see it a couple of times, but she has like a head on a shelf, like a statue-ish mm-hmm. thing of like a head. And then her head is removed. Um, and I yeah. love that. love those little things. Yeah. It was um, very well constructed. And that train scene is just so fucking good. Yeah. I love that. And there's a Luton train. I jumped both times. I knew the second time yeah. the train was coming, but I jumped so hard. Yeah, that's right. We get Chekhov's gun and a Luton train in <laughs> and this a movie. Train. I know. Cause when it happened, I was like, Luton train. I said it out loud as it. <laughs> and I found, I, I like Googled it, Luton train watcher, Micah Monroe. And there was someone who mentioned it. Cause I was like, yep. surely someone else has to yep. have realized this. And, and they, they called it out. I think that's going to be a running thing now. Chekhov's whatever and Luton's whatever in everything we watch now. So, <laughs> Yeah, I just find it a very well-crafted movie. Like I said, it doesn't ever feel slow to me. It just moves right along, even though it isn't like fast-paced. I wouldn't say that. And this is her first feature, right? The director? Yes. Yeah, because like, yeah, okay. She only did a segment in one of the VHSs. So yeah, like what a strong first feature. This is one of those cases where like, I would have sworn this had to have been done by, you know, some already established director that, you know, this is their millionth movie or something like that. But what a strong start. And don't you always wonder in those scenarios, kind of like with Ari Aster and like Tony Collette with Hereditary. And I know Tony Collette, I believe, is like talked about when she got the script, it was like the most, you know, she was just like super impressed with the script. But it's just like how, how, and I mean, Micah Monroe is not Tony Collette, but like, I'm just always so curious when there's these new directors and how they get the people that they get and yeah. how, like, how much convincing does that take? Is it all in the script and that they read it and they're like, this script is fucking good. I'm going to do this. Just always yeah. so curious. Yeah, me too. Absolutely. Cause I feel like, Whenever I write stuff, I'm always like, this is the worst garbage anyone has ever put to paper. Like, no one would want to read this thing. So I don't know how, how those people blast through that and then somehow make a masterpiece, you know? I don't know. And I'm not a fan of rear window-y type things. Like, I think rear window's fine. <clears throat> Sisters kind of has that, and I didn't, like, love Sisters. I think that's fine. Mm-hmm. But I'm not a big fan of like that. Oh, you see something across the way and and then it's like you're trying to convince someone. And this was sort of like in reverse. Like she never sees anything happen, which I appreciated thinking it was going to be a rear window ripoff sort of thing. And there's that. And then I just you're just so frustrated because I was like, surely with a female director and in this day and age, she's not going to be wrong. She's not going to be hallucinating mm-hmm. all of this. Like she's got to be validated, got to be validated. It's like, it got to happen. But then mm-hmm. like promising young woman was so frustrating because even though she like ultimately had her comeuppance, it was in this very bleak way. And here I was just so energized and I was so invigorated at the end when I was like, yes, fuck yeah. That's the way to end a movie. 
And I hope the next scene we didn't see is she shoots her husband. <laughs> I hope she does. No. Being a dick. Such At least in dick. the like right in the leg or something, you know, he'll survive. But yeah. That's for not believing me. That would be <laughs> my <laughs> my addendum to the script. Oh, and also, uh, I don't know if th- I would hope surely they shot on location in Bucharest. Uh, I didn't double check that, but um, it uh, I want to live in that world. I was just like this, this, uh, the city itself was just looked so uh, beautiful and inviting the way it was shot that I'm like, I want to spend some time walking around here. Yes, it did film in Bucharest. Well, Good yeah, job, Bucharest. Because so go. I definitely I want to come to Bucharest now. Because yeah. I just it was like, what a what a cool looking city. I'd want to spend some time there. For uh, sure. Um. All right. Well, out of five miniature porcelain vampires, how many do you give Watch Air? I'm gonna give it four. I am gonna give it four and a half. Whoa! <laughs> I know. I really, I loved it. I loved it. And I'm just sad that my husband didn't love it because I loved it. So there is a scare of approval. Yes. Highly praised. I do love it. It's one of my favorites of the year for sure. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was good. Yeah. All right. Bring, bring it on to me. Okay. We're moving on now to the thing from another world, the the inspiration for John Carpenter's The Thing, um, which is the tagline, the tagline on Letterboxd is, look out, it's The Thing. <laughs> <laughs> and the description is, scientists and U.S. Air Force officials fend off a bloodthirsty alien organism while investigating at a remote Arctic outpost. Uh, and I was going to say directed by Christian Naibi, but many would argue that uh, uh, this was ghost-directed by Howard Hawks, the producer. Oh. Yes. See, and I thought this was all about, going to be all about Anne Heche, so I was very surprised. Mm. Because she was in Another World, the soap opera, and I thought it was all about that. (laughs) The thing, it's all about, it was about her parents. Watcher 2 and The Thing from Another World. The Thing from Another World. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Uh, Apparently, she was very good on Another World. Uh, I think she won an Emmy. I think she played, like, twins or something. I don't know. My husband talked about it on his podcast, Three Funny Ladies. Oh, sure. See, I'm only familiar with, like, her horror output. Yeah, yeah. Obviously. (laughs) Obviously. (laughs) Obviously. So this is fun. I liked it. I there's so many fucking people in it. Like so many characters. Okay. So many. <laughs> I, I have to, I have to make a confession. I've seen this movie about a like billion times through my life. Like this is a favorite of my parents. Like, literally. How many do you think you've seen? Oh, seen probably them. easily like a hundred. It's probably no. closing in. Okay. Maybe not, that, but dozens, <laughs> okay. dozens, do- dozens of times. Cause this is like one of my parents' favorite movies of like okay. old, like definitely like every single Halloween, this would be playing on the Rusk household TV at some point. Uh, yeah, my parents love this one. So I grew up on it. Um, but I don't know like any character's name. I'm always just like <laughs> army man, that one, the funny one, the journalist, the dork one, you know, like, <laughs> and then there's the hot one. Okay. There's the one with the dark brown hair who is yeah. so dreamy. The hunky one. Oh my God. The hunk one. Yeah, see, I don't know anyone's names or anything. There's the crazy scientist. Like, they're all just kind of like archetypes. Uh-huh. But it works. And, like, it doesn't ruin your enjoyment of the movie um, because it, that's not what's important. Like, it's just the 
the way the story unfolds. The important part is the plot of this and how it unfolds. So yeah, it's every time I rewatch it too, I'm like, yep, still don't know any characters' names or, uh, and the dialogue is so fast paced too. Like I'm always, every time I rewatch, I feel like I pick up on a new thing uh, that I forgot about or, you know, just overlooked the last time in the dialogue because this movie's packed with dialogue. Yeah, I wrote down a few names so I would know. And the only three okay. I really got were Pat, who's the main guy, yep. Sam, who's the paper guy, and then Nikki, because it's my sister's name and spelled the same way, N-I-K-K-I, mm. who is the amazing woman in this. Well, there's yeah. two women, but she's so awesome. I love her. Mm-hmm. She's kind of sassy, little savvy, sassy and savvy. She's all yeah, the definitely, Which and, and it's definitely uh, something to take note of for a movie from the 50s to have mm-hmm. like a capable woman character. Like that's always something that's like a pleasant surprise watching movies from this era, not just a damsel in distress. And I went back and I, wa- I started watching the 80s, The Thing last night. I didn't make it very far because I was very tired, but mm-hmm. I just wanted to see how it all, I knew how it started with the dog, but I didn't remember the spaceship in the beginning. So it was interesting because I was, and I don't remember a lot except for like the the craziness that happens with the guys. But then mm-hmm. I watched some sort of like comparison between this and the 80s one, the two of them, and sort of like the side-by-side shots of things that are similar or like a little bit of a back and forth. And so it showed some things that were similar. And I didn't remember some stuff from the 80s one, so I'm excited to re-watch that. Mm-hmm. But then I also watched a thing about the short story, and which is called Who Goes There? Who Goes There, yeah. Which sounds like it's much more like the 80s version than the 50s version. Yes, yeah. The, the This... Uh... Uh, from what I understand, that was a big change they had to make because they were just like, we do not have the special effects or the capability to create like a metamorphosizing monster. So uh, when they wrote the script for this movie, uh, the conceit was that they were just going to keep the monster hidden a lot of time or try and only use it sparingly. I just that that element, though, is what makes the thing from the eighties. So fucking good is you don't know who to trust. You mm-hmm. don't know who is an infected or whatever you want to say. And here it's like, there's the thing and there's the bad doctor. And you sort of like know early on that the doctor is like going to defend this thing or whatever. So I just, I don't know without, I, that's what I love. I love that extra layer of creepiness yes. and paranoia so much more than just, Oh, there's the bad guy and the secondary villain sort of thing. Yeah, which is definitely one of those cases where that's why I would say this is a uh, example of remake is a superior film to the original, even though the original's still a pretty damn good movie uh, for its genre and time and place when it was made. Uh, but John Carpenter's remake improves on everything uh, uh, that they couldn't do from the original short story. Apparently, also, there's a full-length novel version. I guess the writer... Um, he had originally written it as a full novel, which was titled Frozen Hell, uh, but couldn't get it published and for some reason was able to get it done as a short story instead. Uh, and then it was a, like only within the last decade or so, the full version was published finally. So you can get the full length novel, uh, which I understand is, you know, uh, generally John Carpenter's movie cues pretty close to the original written version. Do you know where the term boogeyman like started, where it originated from? 
Not totally. I feel like it's from Eng- England originally, it but sounds I'm not English. sure. Yeah, In I think it boogeyman. is. Yeah, the boogeyman, I believe. Yeah, I think it's some kind of uh, English term for like a ghost or a monster or something like that. Because I, since you talked about, you know, the the things that John Carpenter sort of took from this aside from remaking it and putting it in Halloween, the sort of yeah. like how the thing is sort of, but then they call him a boogeyman in ice. And I was like, Oh, well, how about that? Yeah. And they call him the boogeyman. Yeah, absolutely. And there's no, everybody talks about, of course, the fact that like, Oh, John Carpenter loves this movie. That's why he like, he petitioned to be the director of the remake. He spent years trying to secure that project. Um, and uh, but nobody talks about like, yeah, hello. Halloween borrows a lot from this original movie too. like this. The design of Michael Myers, you know, uh, like being the jumpsuit. The alien wears a jumpsuit just like, you know, Michael Myers does as a silent, unknowable, uh, you know, assassin stalking around in the dark. Like it's absolutely Halloween and Halloween, too. Uh, when, oh, 100% Halloween, yeah, too. Yes. When he gets lit on fire, yeah. you're like, that is totally from this movie. It's absolutely from this movie. So Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it's so weird, though, that they describe, like, the, the tissue like a like a super carrot. It's like yeah. such an <laughs> odd. So it's such odd. a weird, I, I wonder if it was just like, what was common scientific knowledge of the general public at the time that they were like, we got to take this down to preschool level. So people get what we're saying. So it's like a giant vegetable. <laughs> like that's what this thing is. <laughs> it, uh, you chop it up and it, it'll reproduce a bunch of itself, you know, like a big old vegetable. And I do love like the title sequence is so cool. And I love how it's replicated in the remake. Yeah. But it's just such a cool effect in both versions, like how it sort of like breaks away and like come lit is lit from behind. Yeah. I had read, I feel like I read or watched a video of how they did the original effects. John Carpenter just recreated it for the okay. movie. Um, and I can't remember. I'm totally blanking about how they did it, but it was some weird, cool camera, like magic trick essentially. Yeah, I really dig it. I think it's so fun. And did you ever see the most recent one? Okay. Uh, I uh, So I rewatched this with my brother the same night we watched Watchers 2. We also watched this. Okay. Um, and we were talking about that where I was like, I think I watched the most recent The Thing, the 2011 The Thing, like once. Uh, and I was like, this is the worst movie ever. Like, I did not you know, as part of that wave of people that were just like, di- dismiss it immediately. Why would you ever touch John Carpenter's movie? But I don't remember it very well anymore. And now I want to rewatch it because I've heard plenty of people say it's not necessarily as bad as the knee jerk reaction was to it when it first came out. It's not a great film, but it's it's got some cooler stuff going on than people gave it credit for. So I want to rewatch it. Yeah, I mean, I love Mary Elizabeth Winstead. So yeah, she's she's amazing. <clears throat> yes, definitely one of our modern scream queens, along with Micah Monroe. Mm-hmm. And yes, yeah, so I would like to watch it because it's essentially a prequel to the '80s one. Yeah, right? it, that's what yeah. that's what I remember hearing at least. And they did a they did a really good job, from what I remember, of so in the John Carpenter movie, they go to the Norwegians camp. Uh, where they find like the, you know, the chaos that happened there of them accidentally waking the thing up. Uh, And that 2011 movie, like very reverently gives an origin to like everything they see there. Like, Oh, there's a dead guy sitting in this chair with like his wrist slashed or whatever. Like that's a scene that happens in the 20 that show how that guy got there, you know? So they, 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 they did have a reverence for the John Carpenter movie tried to be 
as true to its world as they could. Okay. Um, I know the big thing was everyone was for some reason in the production, like they had started it using practical effects, just like the John Carpenter movie, like trying to replicate those practical effects and they changed tracks and, and I, I, I do believe I had read somewhere there is a version of the footage that was shot using practical effects. And it was in post-production that they decided to replace things with CGI. Uh, mm. And that's like a big problem people had because the CGI, they didn't look as good or the same as John Carpenter's stuff. And I understand it's aged poorly <laughs> if you go back and watch it now. So um, that's the big problem with it, I think, that people had. Yeah, this so the thing from another world, I don't know if my dad has ever seen it, but I'm like, oh, this is a movie my dad would like because there's just mm-hmm. like it's just like a, a man's man kind of movie. And if you like the army and things like that, like you're gonna dig this because it's not it is a horror movie, but you yep. definitely get there's a at least half of it that is like, you know, just these military guys and talking yep. shit that I don't know what the fuck they're talking about. And I'm just like, let's get to the monster. Yeah, exactly. And these are the kinds of like monster movies my dad loved and showed me it was always the ones where like the heroes or the army dudes. Like this was, you know, out of the fifties, like all of them were like that, where like the heroes were all the cowboy military guys that would uh, come up with a solution to defeat the monster somehow through American know-how. They'd be like, well, if we just electrocute it, we'll, we'll kill it. <laughs> That's how we'll win the day. So. And I'm glad by the, the fifties were giving solid endings to films. Like, I don't know when that happens, but definitely those earlier movies we watched just don't know how to end or rather they're just like yeah. wrap up so quickly. And you're like, wait, 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 what, what, what? No, like that, that <laughs> word that I always forget denouement or whatever. There's that yeah. word that means like, you know, the sort of aftermath, the wrap up, if you yeah, will. Yeah. Yep. The, yeah. The, the epilogue, if you will, where, yes, yeah. Yes. Yeah. A lot of those older universal movies are just like, Dracula's dead. It cuts to black and the credits start rolling. And you're like, what? Like, You don't even know if they get out of the castle. They're still there. Yeah, you don't, you know, it's, I mean, there's some movies that do that and it's like for effect, like, oh, boom, like it ends like in a modern film. But like yeah. definitely back then it was just like, what? No, how, yeah. we don't know anything. But here I found it has a nice proper ending. And they mm-hmm. talk about like that. They have those great lines about watch the skies and and everything like that, which I think is mm-hmm. so cool. And this, of course, was the start of the the 50s was UFOs. People, you know, that's the beginning of people saying, I'm seeing weird lights in the sky. So it definitely got replicated in the movies where that became a, a real anxiety that people had, a real fear people had was pe- beings coming from elsewhere. Yeah, it's too bad that there's not a higher body count for as many people as there are. I know, right? Like, and most of the deaths are off screen. Yeah. Because <laughs> the, there's, there's a whole sequence, like the dialogue's kind of chilling, but like, because he goes into the room and comes back out and he's like, there's a bunch of dead guys like hanging up in there. Like the creature just killed them all. Uh, so yeah, it's all like off screen. And where does this factor in with Invasion of the Body Snatchers? I think they came out in the same year because I'm pretty sure I had just I had, like read a little blurb about that. 56. Because it just, it seems like those little plants seem so similar to like the pods. Yep. So reminiscent. So yeah, I think at the time, a lot of this sort of this horror science fiction, like hybrid genre that was happening, they were all just influencing each other and uh, building off of each other's movies and ideas. And was there ever a sequel? No, this is one. Yeah. One, uh, a lot of, now that I think about it, a lot of these in the fifties, they, uh, they were just one and done. Like they kind of had moved on from the idea where like 
Universal really capitalized on that in their heyday in the 30s and 40s where they were like, every like there's going to be a bunch of sequels to Dracula, a bunch of sequels to Frankenstein. Like they just kept doing it where uh, for a while in the 50s, that was just one and done stories, a lot of things that were similar to each other. But when I think about it, like all of them have been remade though. That's okay. kind of the thing. Like most of these big ones from back then got remade or at least like, were an inspiration for something that came later. So it's just cool that John Carpenter obviously has a strong love for this and really took some of the things from it, but then goes back to the source material and really dives into the stuff that makes it. I mean, I haven't read it, but the storyline that makes it so cool. And then yeah. did his own thing, which was like a nice mash of the two. Absolutely. I love that. Yeah. Very cool. And I'm still like, haven't you told me that like the thing, the eighties version was like, not well received like not well reviewed when it came out yeah absolutely when it That's came so out weird critics did not like it um the best i can tell like i remember reading something about the, the notion that it came out against et like the thing john carpenter's the thing and et came out the same year okay uh, and people were just more receptive to like friendly aliens we're <laughs> done with killer aliens so it kind of languished for a minute before everyone was like wait a minute this is like one of the best movies ever made and that's like you know how everyone remembers it now so yeah it's classic i've only seen it in entirety once really yeah but i've seen the clips so many times in tear in the aisles that i just knew so many things that were going to happen and then the sort of um chest bursting open scene i had not seen that and then i was watching one of those clip shows and they showed it so i knew it before i watched it and that would have been so great the first time you watch that movie Mm -hmm. yeah oh my god what it's one of my it's one of my favorite moments to watch new people react to because <laughs> uh, I've I've done it a few times over the years. Met someone that's like, I've never seen John Carpenter's The Thing. I've heard it's good, and then okay, we're watching it, and then I wait for there's certain moments where I want to see their jaw hit the floor when that you know certain scenes happen. And yeah, that's, that's the big one. So yeah, and what movie did we watch where there was like an homage to like the spider, the head oh, spider? There was shit. something we watched. Does that yeah. not ring a bell? That sounds familiar. I feel like it was something we saw in the theater. Yeah, now I'm blanking. Yeah, it's going to have to come back to me, but it was a definite homage to this. 100%. Not this, to the thing, John Carpenter. John Carpenter's the thing, and I can't remember what it is now. That sounds super familiar. Oh, well. Yep. All right, well, I I was happy with it, so thanks for giving it to me. I'm glad, and I know with these older movies, I definitely run a risk of either... You'll, you'll be totally alienated by it or enjoy it. So um, out of, you know, out of, out of five flying saucers on ice, uh, how many do you give it? I'm going to give it four. Cool. Me too. Wow. You are giving it four. So I thought I'm, for sure you were going to give it a five. I would go higher, but like, uh, and see, I fluctuate. I'm I'm subject to change with my ratings. But <laughs> the one thing with this movie, every time I rewatch it, it's slower than I remember it for some mm. reason. Like I I remember all the action scenes, and then I realize it's a little bit slower paced than uh, I remember it every time for some reason. Where I'm like, oh yeah, there's a lot of talking before they get back to the monster in certain sequences, but still a good movie. Just. Uh, and I want to give some latitude to John Carpenter's because I was just talking okay. about how it's a better movie. That's a five-star movie. So I want to yeah. give some latitude to that one. So well, four stars. Another. 
Scare of approval. Scare of approval. That's right. And I just looked it up and I remember now what that that image was. And that's from um it chapter two. There's oh, a, okay. a thing where it pays homage to the yeah. head spider. Sure. That yeah. makes sense. Yep. Yeah. If you're out there listening still, please write to us. We'd love to hear from you. Your thoughts, yeah. your feelings, whatever. Scaring whatever sharing you at gmail.com. And, and smash up. that like button. Yeah. Yep. Smash it and smash the unsubscribe button on CZ's worlds. Okay. Yeah. And keep coming back as they say. Yeah. Yeah. Keep coming back. Uh, yeah. We haven't had a bad movie in a while. I feel like I we've given scares of approval for a solid. Feels like a lot of episodes. I know. In a row right now. So it not that is. we have to watch bad things. I guess that would be. <laughs> but I, I feel like we're underutilizing our other sound effects. Okay, well, maybe the next episode, that should be our mission. Uh, our mission is just to be, do, we need to get a split scream in there again and a throw it on the slash heap again. No, because so. I think I know exactly what to give you. <laughs> I do, I do. Okay. I've been thinking about it, and as soon as you said that, I'm like, okay, maybe it's time. <laughs> okay, and I've been, I've been, uh, and I've been thinking about going with uh, Fiend of the Podcast, Ethan's suggestion of finally rounding out the ghoulies series oh jesus because we did one and two and i'm like why don't we do three and four and just finish them out oh boy oh boy oh boy all right well y'all death to videodrome long live the new flesh and keep watching the skies (laughs) and keep watching the scary movies and talking about them because scaring is sharing bye This has been a production of Planet Amp Podcast, powered by Pinecast.